0: Welcome to the Mind Your Mind podcast, brought to you by the Birkbeck Counselling Service. In this series of podcasts, we are looking at what different issues might bring students to the Counselling Service. We'll share our thinking about those difficulties, how to tackle them, and offer our insights and expertise. Before we start, a disclaimer. The students that we talk about in these podcasts are fictitious. They are quite typical of students that we see in the Birkbeck Counselling Service, but any similarity to any particular person is entirely coincidental. My name is Jo Middleton. I'm a counsellor at Birkbeck. With me, recording on location in Birkbeck's Mallet Street building, is my colleague in the counselling service, Ian Ali. This is episode two, Stress Less.
1: So the client we're discussing in this podcast is quite young for the typical Birkbeck student, she's in her late teens. She comes to the counselling service experiencing difficulty with managing her studies. She finds she's highly anxious when she tries to do her work. She feels her heart racing, gets shaky and finds her mind goes completely blank. Now, this student was actually in care for most of her teens and moved between foster families, so she's experienced considerable disruption in her home life. She did, however, do really well at school, and it became a place of stability for her. Her teachers really liked her, she achieved well, and had a good experience overall. She also mentions that she has high expectations of herself regarding the marks that she'll get on her course. She finds herself crying very easily at the moment, and she says this is really not like her and she's having difficulty sleeping too. Her confidence has become pretty low. She's finding it difficult to make friends on the course. She says that, you know, people just come in and then they leave after lectures. She has got friends from school, um, on the other hand, which is a good thing. And her living situation now is currently stable, but she's worried that she won't be able to manage her workload and she's scared she's going to fail.
0: What a horrible
1: place to find yourself, actually, with
0: with those worries.
1: And it's not surprising that she feels that her confidence is lower. Mm. I suppose one thing to keep
0: in mind is that this is her first term of university. Mm. So she's had to make some really big changes, actually, over the last sort of few weeks months?
1: Absolutely I mean academically alone it's a pretty big jump to go from A levels into starting a degree and it's really common for people to feel that you know they're out of their depths that maybe they've managed to get through school okay but this is on a whole different level so it feels mentally like a huge jump to kind of make into being an undergraduate And of course, there's that change in terms of the way that you learn. Um, You're attending your lectures and seminars, and then the rest of it is just up to you. And so you are required to be a lot more independent. And there may be that feeling
0: of how do I actually do that? Yeah, absolutely. You you might feel completely at sea with that. I mean, I think there are statistics about the first term at university, aren't there, that that is where the highest dropout rate comes and so...
1: Exactly and actually that means that it's the time that it's really most important to try and get some
0: help if you feel that you can do that. I suspect she she will not be alone in feeling like Mm. this. Mm. Um, There will be quite a lot of students out there who who have very similar responses to starting.
1: And we have to also think about what it means to be in care and moving uh, home as well. Mm. And so trying to make a home for yourself at the university is also another challenge too.
0: So I suppose in in a sort of practical sense, how she might go about beginning to make a home for herself at Birkbeck Mm she might make contact with her personal tutor for example and they can be a really good source of support. Mm,
1: But it may be that the student needs to be a bit more forthcoming in making that contact. Um,
0: At Birkbeck we have a really terrific department called Birkbeck Learning Skills to support students learning and how they learn and the sort of techniques for learning if you like. mm. So they run workshops throughout the academic year for all academic levels. They also have study skills workshops as well, looking at things like procrastination and academic reading, writing, note taking, how to produce academic essays, you know. Hmm really, really helpful stuff. So some of that might be of use to this particular student. Definitely, especially in making that kind of academic leap into
1: undergraduate studies. And there is also a new service called Studiosity, which is on the learning development website too. And this is available for first-year students and it means that you can submit your essays online and get some feedback. Yeah. I suppose
0: one thing that really struck me when you were talking about this student is Birkbeck students are a little bit different actually to perhaps other universities. There is a sort of reality about how Birkbeck students operate which is different in that an awful lot of our students, a they're often older, the demographic, I think the average age of a Birkbeck student last year was something like 32. So this particular student in her late teens is well below the average age for a Birkbeck student. So it's no wonder she might feel a little bit sort of disconnected to her peer group. And also, as she points out, there is a reality that people come from work. They attend their lectures. They go home to their families. It's a different stage Mm -hmm. of life. So that is a difficulty to overcome for a younger student here. But I suppose one thing to point out is that your peers on the course are a resource. And if you can manage to make contact with them somehow, have a conversation, start a WhatsApp group, you know, it is there is such potential there for sharing the academic experience with them and you know studying together and sharing notes and those kind of things can lead to greater things really so. Yeah
1: maybe one thing for her to think about is that while a lot of this feels new and feels different um that she has been in a similar position before you know mm. she has managed to succeed academically she has written essays she has done exams and and passed and so while the future feels really daunting the reality is that she's kind of coped up until now um, which suggests that she should be able to continue doing so
0: reminding her of her own competence yeah. actually it can
1: yeah. be really important yeah another thing to think about is the way that she has quite high expectations of herself and so that can feel like a real burden that it can become a little bit all or nothing And the important thing to remember is, you know, the idea of progress, uh, not perfection. It's better to be doing something and be moving forward rather than thinking, if I can't do it perfectly, then there's no point doing it
0: at all and so slow and steady literally does win the race absolutely Mm. i think that's incredibly valuable i mean i noticed when you spoke about her that there were a couple of sort of symptoms if you like for want of a better word the idea of her heart racing and her mind going blank and feeling shaky and so some of that i think is bound up with anxiety which if she were in the counselling room with me we'd be exploring a bit and mm. um, and some of that I think is about the sort of overwhelmedness mm. in tackling assignments and academic work that are to level up. Things like the Pomodoro method might mm. be really useful to her in, in starting to break things down into smaller more manageable bits. The Pomodoro method is something established by PhD students and it's named after a tomato shaped timer, mm. kitchen timer and The idea of it is you you set the time for 25 minutes and you try and set yourself a task in that 25 minutes and you stick to that task you don't get distracted by other things or procrastinate that you just work for 25 minutes and then at the end of that you have a five minute break which you also time Mm -hmm. because if you're anything like me you do 25 minutes work and then you do a 40 minute break in which you put (laughs) on your laundry and you make a cup of tea and you listen to something on the radio and you answer an email and then suddenly you you haven't had a five minute break at all or you're just enjoying your treat a little bit too much indeed yeah (laughs) so timing your work sessions and then and doing several of those and then having a proper break Mm -hmm. that might be really helpful for her in sort of concentrating her mind on the task
1: and fits into that idea of you know doing the something rather than kind of procrastinating and I think that for a lot of people starting can be the hardest bit so if you know it's only for 25 minutes at a time then you can do that much and survive
0: In terms of anxiety, I'd probably be thinking about some breathing exercises with her. There's quite a valuable one called rectangular breathing, where you trace a rectangle in front of you, either just in your mind or you can do it with your finger. Mm. The long side of the rectangle is a long out-breath. So you breathe out along the long side of the rectangle. (sighs) And the short side of the rectangle is the in-breath. And so on. Mm. And the idea of that is that we are more able to control the out-breath than we are the in-breath so if we make a long controlled out-breath the in-breath just naturally follows it Mm. but if you do a few rectangles you will steady your breathing and that's a really helpful thing to do if you're feeling if you're in that shaky heart racing sort of state yeah there's also a really good exercise where you count things around you or name things around you Mm. I realize it might sound a bit silly but it is very helpful for centering Yourself
1: and bringing you, you back know. into the present moment, yeah, exactly. and not too much in your head,
0: yeah. I also noticed she mentioned sleep, which I hear so often from. Birkbeck Mm. students. I think it's a symptom of them packing a huge amount into their days. Really, I mean, there's no quick fix for it, but Mm. there are things to be aware of and to actually check yourself on. Try and go to bed at the same time each night or roughly the same time. Leave your phones out of the bedroom. Watch your caffeine intake. It sticks around in the system for much longer than you might think. Try and park your worries. So maybe keep a, a notebook by your bed, not your phone, but a notebook. Scribble down either a to-do list or things you're worried about that you can attend to the following day and it's just it's almost symbolic of sort of getting things out of your head so you don't need to be troubled by them in the Mm. night and also thinking about the environment that you're sleeping in is it cool is it dark is it quiet is it comfortable you know those things are really important and actually we forget about them i think
1: Mm. And we can forget how important sleep really is, and I think Mm. it's only now that people are talking about all the effects that it can have on us.
0: Um, You're not going to feel all right if you're not getting enough sleep. It's as simple as that. Mm.
1: Well, one helpful way to think about managing everything so this might sound a bit strange but uh it can be helpful to think of yourself as a saucepan on a stove a saucepan on a stove
0: yeah
1: yeah uh saucepan on the stove and if life is kind of going along as normal then you'll just be simmering along quite happily But things can change uh, if there is too much heat then you know everything will boil over Um, and it will also boil over if there's no way of releasing the heat or the pressure so if you don't take the lid off and also if someone decides they want to add things into the saucepan more meat or more veg but in our day-to-day lives then something kind of maybe traumatic or upsetting or difficult happening so it's helpful to think about how to reduce the heat Uh, so can you spread out your workload a little bit more can other people get involved in helping you take care of things at home can you get some study leave what are the things that you can do in your life to reduce the heat and that pressure then if we think about how can you take the lid off literally let off some steam so for some people that might be physical with exercise for other people it might be having a good rant uh, to a friend it might be listening to music it was whatever it is for you that just helps you release those emotions you know when you're feeling kind of really under pressure and if life happens you know and if things are Added into the pot that you can't control, then it's just about trying to see what you can do to shift things around to be able to manage that kind of unexpected.
0: And if a big thing is landed in your saucepan, mm. you really do need to take off the lid or and turn uh, the heat down. Yeah. You you have to sort of accommodate that, don't yeah. you, in a way and, yeah. and, and react to it yeah. rather than boil over. Exactly. Yeah. That's the hope, anyway. Yeah. Well, I and I have hopes for this young woman. I think she's she's going to be all right with the support that is on offer at Birkbeck. I hope so. And um, and I hope that, you know, with that support, she'll find her way through these, this difficult sort of transition, if you like.
1: And the key thing is to kind of say something as soon as you can. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much for joining me today in uh, this podcast uh, for Birkbeck. Thank you, it's been a pleasure. You have been listening to Mind Your Mind, brought to you by the Birkbeck Counselling Service and Racket Productions.